Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. We're back. It's the dead cast. I'm going to formally introduce us this week, Marchman. It's me, Drew. That's Marchman and Marchman. The very first time on the podcast, we have the one and only, the lovely and talented Barry Pacheski. Barry, yay! Yeah, yeah, great to be here. Everyone, say hi to Barry. Barry, are you so excited to finally have your voice heard by the people? Thrilled. Never been more excited in my life. Listen to you. By the way, Barry is fresh off of an appearance, a triumphant appearance on HBO's Real Sports, in which he insulted. Ball hawk and total loser Zach Hample. How did it feel to be on HBO taking a big old shit on Zach Hample? It feels good to talk shit about people in a new medium. You can only do it for so long online that you have to, you know, you've really made it when you're talking shit on premium cable. You were with uh, Bernard Goldberg, the famously irascible Bernard Goldberg, and he was like, "What did? It, what was the name you called, Zach?" And Bernard had to re- read it back to you. Was it I, butthole? I believe "dick balls" was <laughs> "dick" was the word of choice. "Dick butt." No, I think it was Wait, "dick, dick hole." Butt? Was, was dick it hole? "dick butt"? I dick think it was something. "dick hole" because because he was. You were like, I could think of a lot of words that end in "hole" to describe him. <laughs> I think that was a separate segment. I think I called him a bunch of different wonderful, wonderful words. All accurate too. Did you did you ever hear from Hample after that? Uh, no, he's blocked me on Twitter while at somewhere in the middle of filming that episode, and I have not heard a thing from him. But all his stands have been coming at me on email and Twitter since then. He does have fans inexplicably. Why? Zach Hample has fans who are like defending his honor. I didn't yes. know this. Yes, they are rushing to his defense as some helpless maiden in need of calling me out on Twitter. It's it's a whole world out there full of I don't, people. I don't get that. for Zach Campbell is like as low as you can go in online sports, I think. It's, what does he give people that would make them fans? Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe he... Like, does he do YouTube videos of how he caught the ball and like... Oh, yes. Like just, he, he will take you out and show you his secrets for a nominal fee. Oh, so it's not, oh, yeah, that's gross. He's just a gross, shitty memorabilia guy. He sucks. Did you, did you yell at Bernie Goldberg for being, uh, for writing bias and all like, like the hundred worst liberals destroying America and all all that trolley stuff that he does on the side? I'm a big softy and I can easily be won over and Bernie in person is, you know, very nice and very affable and there was no Time to talk about how, you know, his party of choice is destroying America, sadly, perhaps next time. Well, you know, Bernie was probably outraged yesterday because uh, there was a a scandal du jour, uh, and we will call Jamel Ghazi. Marshman, can you explain what happened yesterday so that my brain doesn't fucking explode trying to go through the utter, utter stupidity of the scandal? So Jamel Hill, the, uh, the sports center anchor, 
was interacting with some randos on Twitter. A bad idea, even if it's something I do. And yeah, don't do that. For for whatever reason, she got on to the topic of Donald Trump and she said he's a white supremacist who surrounds himself with white supremacists, that he's enabled white supremacists, that he's a bigot, that he's harming the country, and other things that are pretty unobjectionable and and clearly true. I think even if you even if you wanted to debate whether Trump is a white supremacist, it's not really an out there thing to say. The cover story in The Atlantic is about this this month. The New York right. Times runs editorials about it. This is a, a pretty chalk take. And the dog whistling wonder twins, Clay Travis and Britt McHenry, decided to raise this on Twitter. And it's become a stink with Breitbart and Dinesh D'Souza and all the usual suspects piling on ESPN's liberal bias, calling them MSESPN and all this other stupid shit. ESPN actually issued a, a craven and groveling statement in which they apologized, said they they reprimanded Hill, that it was inappropriate to call the president a white supremacist and all, and are, are clearly cowering before the onslaught of newspaper comment section takes. I was dying because they said we realize it's inappropriate and it's like it's like Trump can grab pussy, you know, and like and talk about bullets dipped in pig's blood. But Jamel's the inappropriate one. That just that always floored me. Barry, do we know if Jamel is like officially disciplined or was she just tut tutted by ESPN people? Um, my best impression is that this was a, you know, a tut-tutting, a, hey, don't do this. We have to say something. And then they said something. There's no suspension. She was on SportsCenter a couple hours after. She's wisely stayed off Twitter since then because her Twitter mentions must be a war zone. I cannot even imagine. Oh, yeah. Awful. Awful. I saw, uh... Uh, I, one like MTO or one of one of those sites. They they compiled all the hate tweets and they were unpleasant. Once you see one, you know you know what you're in for. It's it's pretty fucking gross. But you know it's you know I'm thinking about this and it's just it's it's a shitty situation. Jamel, by the way, if you recall, was also disciplined way back when for I believe she called the Celtics Hitler, didn't she? She said rooting for the Celtics would be like rooting for Nazi Germany. I believe was the line. Again, I see no lies. <laughs> so, you know, it makes, but it makes me wonder, like, you know, there's been this bad, you know, there's, there's this sort of manufactured backlash, which I don't believe is genuine at all. People acting offended that she called Trump a white supremacist when he is that. And when there, again, there are, there is the case to be made all over the place in real, you know, in other legitimate media outlets that have made this case in op-ed sections and things like that. And it just strikes me that essentially Trump has never really paid any sort of price for what happened in Charlottesville at all, you know? I mean, he's the president of the United States, and he has more power than anyone in the world. And, you know, poor Jamel is being thrown under the bus by her employer for, you know, stating true facts. Uh, the world we live in is not a just world, and the last year or so has been the best proof of that, I would say. I just remember, like, after Charlottesville, we were like, oh, wait, that's his lowest moment. Oh, staffers are just, they're furious. Behind closed doors, they're just fucking furious, you know? And then nothing really ever happened. There was really no, there was no debt 
that he had to go collect for that. I, what, I don't feel like. I what's feel like it going to take? Do, do you think a P-tape will be the one thing that cannot be gone back from? Is there anything Trump could do or say that his... No, you know, I, I, I think he'd have to kill somebody. Or he'd have to... I don't even know if he just, like, dropped the N-word. Would that do anything? He, he, not he among his supporters. And, and talked about how no one should come down on the, on the good hard Nazis. <laughs> the ones who didn't have hate in their heart. Uh, I'm of the mind that once the Mueller report drops, I think that'll be sort of an all hands on deck situation, particularly for us disgusting liberal types. And, you know, you'll read through it and it'll have damning stuff in it. Whether I'm, or not it actually hard. gets acted upon. I mean, I think there are a lot of people hoping it gets acted upon when it comes out. You know, I mean, you'll see those tweets like, oh, God, hurry the fuck up. Mueller, you know? <laughs> I don't have time for you to be diligent. So, you know, I with, mean, that with with the Jamel Hill thing, just just to backtrack a little bit, I think the really fucked up thing here is that ESPN was having all these problems over the last few years with people not sticking to sports on on Twitter and Facebook, especially. And so they decided to change their corporate policy and to say that people were allowed to talk sports. They encourage people or to talk politics. They encourage people to talk politics. When they had their upfronts earlier this year, which is where networks go to present their programming to, to brands and advertisers, they, they were very explicit. They talked to our Kevin, at the time, Kevin Draper and, and Laura Wagner about... Fuck Kevin Draper. About how they wanted their, their personalities to engage with the world around them. And... and when you look at their the, the lineups they've had and, and things like Jamel Hill being the six o'clock sports center anchor, it's very clear that they're not only permitting people, uh, but encouraging them to to talk about politics and and where that touches on sports and where it doesn't touch on sports to so just talk about the world within which sports happen. So you have that, and then you have somebody going out and giving what's a pretty mainstream take, and they're saying it's uh you know, it's objectionable or inappropriate. It's, it's just really cowardly. You give, you give people the green light to say what's on their mind. And then when they say what's on their mind, you know, you, you, you back up. It's at a point where you wonder if they're just going to issue a list of approved takes and, and the ones that offend people may become uh, unapproved. And the measure of offense, it seems, is who can whip up a bunch of outrage and who can make ESPN executives shook and embarrassed. It's kind of an invitation for professional trolling. It's Gamergate. This has been the way of the world for three years now since Gamergate. Our own dearly departed, you know, Gawker felt the wrath of, you know, disingenuous gamers who, you know, cared more about punishing what they viewed as a left-leaning company, then they were actually offended. No one was actually offended during that. No one was actually offended yesterday until the, the wonder twins of outrage decided to whip everyone up into a frenzy and everyone hops on because you know, big apolitical corporations are scared to death of having anyone mad at them, let alone, you know, half their audience or something like this. You know, ESPN probably was not upset with what Jamel said, but they were upset that a bunch of people were pretending to be upset and they're just stubbornly unwilling to tell the difference between people pretending to be upset and people who are actually upset. 
I wonder if they also favor, um, you know, more sort of, they're more accommodating of uh, sort of right-wing outrage because maybe they believe anecdotally, if not for data that, you know, particularly as it applies to the NFL, the most diehard sort of loyal fans are going to skew conservative instead of liberal, you know? Like, don't, wouldn't you say that, you know, of the, of the people that are still going to NFL games, who are still watching guys clobber each other and still buying Sunday ticket and buying season tickets and all that shit, don't you think they skew more uh, conservative than liberal? And thus there's a uh, need to protect that sort of, that one sort of faction more than others? I'd say, yeah, the diehard NFL fans are a little more right. But I would also say, if at this point in 2017, you're still a diehard NFL fan, you're not walking away. You're not stopping nah. watching football or sports because there's a liberal anchor out there tweeting something. It's bullshit. It's empty threats. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, we should take a break and get on to uh, more important topics, the most important of which is Star Wars. And uh, we're going to take a break and come right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back. We're back. We're off of the serious sports stuff, Barry. And Barry, you are here this week because not only do you uh, apply a beautiful, beautiful perspective on sports and on sporting goods, but uh, you're also a Star Wars fan like uh, Marchman and I. And there's big news in the Star Wars universe. Shake it to its core. Yeah, director. we've, we've Com- got a director. We've got a director yeah. for episode nine. Yes, the the second fired director in his many Star Wars movies. First Han Solo's director was fired. Lord and Miller, they were they were canned in favor of Ron Howard. And now the director of episode nine, Colin Trevorrow, who directed Jurassic World and the Book of Henry, was fired for being, quote unquote, difficult and replaced with original uh, Force Awakens director J.J. Abrams. Barry, are you happy about this news? Yeah, I mean, the Force Awakens was a, Fun as hell movie. I would watch that right now if it were available. If you're going to give me a, you know, bland, enjoyable Star Wars retread, I will watch it a million times and give you all my money. My, <laughs> my, my bar is low. I lived through the prequels and I will watch anything that is Star Wars and is by someone who understands what we liked about Star Wars. I'm good for this. Marchman, I know you're kind of pissed off. Yeah, J.J. Abrams sucks. Excuse me, mm. you liked The Force Awakens, did you not? I did. So, what's your fucking beef? So, if, if you got someone who sucks as much ass as J.J. Abrams does and you get a good movie out of him, cut your losses. Don't, don't bring him back because you're, 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 you're playing Russian roulette. You ever see no. his Star Trek movies? That, that's, God, no. I actually liked the first Star Trek movie. Yeah, Star fun. Trek's for nerds. Yeah, Star Trek's for losers. Star Wars is for real men. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars yeah, he's, he's terrible. <laughs> okay, so he made a Star Wars movie you liked. Why wouldn't you trust him to make another Star Wars movie that, that you Because liked? all his movies suck, and he's annoying. 
Wouldn't you prefer him to Jurassic World guy who made a made one very big hit movie basically because it was within a franchise and then made another movie called The Book of Henry that that flopped terribly? I mean, he's probably better than Jurassic World guy. I think that, ah, you know, obviously ah, the thing with mm-hmm. all these directors an is that they're they're getting rid of everybody and they want very bland, sterile, approved corporate product, which I think kind of sucks. And when you look at something like Harry Potter, the choice of the directors they had there were pretty adventurous at times. I would like to see them get David Fincher or David Lynch to direct a Star Wars movie. I don't want David fucking Lynch directing. That's Did you see utterly fucking stupid. That's just so dumb. Look, you just pointed out Harry Potter, and Harry Potter is sort of perfect because they it's they would hire they hired guys like Alfonso Cuarón for one movie, but then they also had hacks. They had Chris Columbus direct the first two movies, and then they ended with a stretch directed by David Yates, who was sort of unknown before then, and so they've they've taken guys who were sort of creative, but they still there was still a machine or an apparatus that overrode the sort of individuality of each director, right? That all those movies, even the Quran run, they fit within the aesthetic and the setting and the characters and all that stuff. And you can't deviate too much from that. And I'm fine with Star Wars operating the same way, where Kathleen Kennedy is essentially the director of the whole franchise, right? And if you piss her off, she's going to fucking kick you out because you're not lining up with exactly with how she sees the aesthetic and to me, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, the aesthetic is what makes Star Wars. You want to spend time in that universe. Like, I know Marchman would get real excited about Lars von Trier Star Wars, but <laughs> I don't know that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. I got, I got to say, this iron-handed, dictatorial Kathleen Kennedy is, even if I think J.J. Abrams sucks, really good because I think if she had been empowered this way, maybe the prequels would have gone differently. I completely agree. I completely agree. All I wanted, really, all I want, it's like Barry said, all I want is like dirty stormtrooper armor, you know? <laughs> like, that's kind of it. Like, it has to look, looks like anything that looks spacey, but also beat up and junky. You've, you've automatically got my money. It doesn't, it, you don't have to do much, you know? Are you excited for Last Jedi, which was directed by Ryan Johnson, a brick and looper that comes out in December? Hell fucking yeah. I'm almost camped out outside the movie theater right now. It's going to have lightsabers, Luke Skywalker, all sorts of cool shit. Second film in a trilogy. Really can't go wrong. Yeah, it's going to be dark and gritty. Do you, are you excited for the Han Solo movie? I don't care. No, no, no. But did you like Rogue One? Oh yeah, I loved it. Dug it. Yeah, it It was was, fantastic. it was, It was more Star Wars than Force Awakens was... Yeah. Ah, so so there's still potential there. I was, I think, didn't they say they were going to make a Job of the Hut movie, which makes no goddamn sense to me? That's not. I don't. I don't know if I. That's where I get a little fatigued. I remember they remember that you know they have all the Star Wars extended universe things, and there was one novel that was about Job of the Hut's band, and it was called <laughs> We Don't Do Weddings, and that looked like just the most absurd extension possible. <laughs> I think the Star Wars universe overestimates people's interest in its side characters. No one likes Boba Fett. He was just a dude who had cool armor, and then then they decided that he needs his own movie, too. Yeah, he had no—he really had no role in Empire or in Return of the Jedi. Like, he he has, like, two lines in Empire— and then he gets he gets eaten by the fucking Sarlacc pit in Jedi. He sucks at his job. Yeah, his— 
yeah, like his his uniform was so awesome that that's that's all people really gave a shit about. And people projected badassery onto him, even though he was just some pud. Uh, let's take another break. We're going to come back and talk some baseball, baseball. We'll be right back. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Melissa Kirsch, Editor-in-Chief of Lifehacker. And I'm Alice Bradley, Lifehacker's Deputy Editor. And we're the hosts of Lifehacker's podcast, The Upgrade. On The Upgrade, we help you improve your life one week at a time. We talk to guests like former hacker Hector Monsegur about online security. You need to be aware of how you can be attacked. You need to be aware of what's your weakness. And Alan Alda on how to communicate more effectively. And in order to achieve that, we start with teaching exercises derived from improvisation. And sex therapist Steven Snyder about how to have great sex in a long-term relationship. What really works under those circumstances is if you enjoy the other person selfishly. Hey, your life, it's terrible. We can help. <laughs> Find The Upgrade wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Hey, Marshman and Barry, we, uh, we pissed some people off. Uh, we pissed some people off this week uh, with a, a very light roasting. Former Giants great Ryan Vogel song. Uh, Do you guys legend. remember the legendary Ryan Vogel song? You know, um, you can't hmm. talk about baseball in the aughts and whatever this decade is called without a really heavy focus on Ryan Vogel's song. <laughs> can Can you explain what why? Well, I, there is no why to it, but what happened with Ryan Vogel's song and how we ended up pissing off Giants Nation? So Ryan Vogelsong sucks. He's he's this kind of replacement <laughs> level pitcher who kicked around with uh, the Giants and the Pirates and in Japan for a really long time. And he signed with the Giants for on a one day. He's signing with the Giants on a one day contract so that they can retire his his. They're not going to retire his uniform, but they're going to honor him because he pitched very well in the 2012 World Series. Uh, he had he had a start. Um, he did well. He pitched he pitched well in the National League Championship Series that year. So Giants fans remember him very fondly and are and are very fiercely loyal to him, along with other Giants greats like um, Armando Rios and uh, JT Jonathan Snow Sanchez. and Kirk Reeder. They they really love all these guys. So we we did a blog post making a little fun of the Giants for honoring this shit-ass pitcher who had a couple of nice starts five years ago in the postseason 
and Giants fans were outraged. It was it was almost as bad as a an attack of Cardinals fans. Yeah, our our own Lindsay Adler, who is a Giants fan, kept arguing that it was like if you you're not if you're not a Giants fan, you don't get it. You don't get what Ryan Vogelsong <laughs> means. And she kept saying this, but she had no real. You know, she should answer for her crimes. We had no, she had no real justification for it. It's just, it was just some, some sort of ineffable bond between Brian Vogelsong and Giants fans that none of us were allowed to parse or could parse. Barry, do you remember Ryan Vogelsong at all? Um, I definitely had not thought about Ryan Vogelsong in five years until this week. And, you know, the emails flood in and the comments and they're like, oh, he was, you know, a homegrown player who won two rings with the team and, he made an all-star team that one time, and he had 16 <laughs> consecutive quality starts. Like, oh, quality starts, no <laughs> shit, the worst statistic ever. Um, this is not an argument for honoring a player. It is an argument that you are honoring a shitty player and then getting mad at the rest of the world who's pointing out, hey, you're honoring a shitty player. You know, you're telling on yourself when you get mad about this. I'm a yeah, the only, the, the, the most vivid memory I have of Ryan Vogelsong, aside from him having a couple of nice starts in the 2012 playoffs is when he had his big comeback season in 2011, he'd been out of the majors for five years. And there was this, uh, oh my God. this real, holy shit, Ryan Vogel song still pitching, huh? Thing. <laughs> and he had a, he had a nice season. And then the next year he was a, he was a contributor on a, on a championship level giants team. And those were the only two years he was even average. So I hadn't thought about Ryan Vogel's song in five years and was mainly shocked that he'd been kicking around that long after 2012 um, at the back of the Giants rotation. Yeah, this strikes me as a sort of thing where you would normally just honor the team, right? The team would have a night and you'd bring all, all the players from that team there. But this was, yeah, this would be like if you isolated like Steve Lombardozzi for the Twins fans and, and had a night for him. Like that doesn't, it's very weird. Is there is there a Yankees equivalent? Yeah, uh, I mean, for you, Barry. Who would the Yankees Vogel song know, night be? I cannot wait for next year until they retire Luis Soho's number. I believe a <laughs> three time champion, making him an even better, bigger baseball legend than Ryan Vogel song, um, forever holds a place in Yankee fans' hearts. The rest of you just just wouldn't understand. Who would be Martian? Who would be the White Sox Vogel song? Uh, they, have, they have they have a lot of Vogel songs, and their 2005 team is just full of them. I would say uh, Tadahito Iguchi. I could totally see them having uh, Iguchi night at Sox Park, and and it would be a total. You know, you you don't understand. He, he was he was so key to that team. Didn't that didn't that team have a fat dude who hit home runs? Yeah, they had several fat dudes who hit home. Who runs. can you name? Who were some of the fat dudes who hit home runs? Didn't they have like my favorite? Baseball archetype is the the fat dude with glasses who hits home runs. Was there like a Bob Hamlin type on that team? No, they had um, you know, they had Paul Konerko was their main their main guy. They had Jurassic no, Carl good. Everett. They had Jermaine Die. Uh, Frank Thomas was on the team although he was hurt most of the year. Mm, um, they didn't nah. they didn't they didn't really have you know just a, a round guy with glasses and a and a skeezy teen mustache. <laughs> I love a fatty guy like that. Uh, I am very excited that we have tapped into this new strain of of hatred. I'm trying to think of ideas to push this sort of Giants trolling because 
As you know, Barry, we've goofed on the St. Louis Cardinals for a very long time. And we only sort of hit on that because we were making fun of Leach because Leach, hey, everybody, you know, it's you're making fun of fucking Leach. And we sort of stumbled upon that hatred and the whole city got pissed at us, right? So it was that nice little moment of like uh, hate mining. Do you think that we, there's potential here in just shitting on the Giants and getting them all worked up? Yeah, this is beautiful. I mean, Giants fans tucked out away in, you know, Pacific time have been able mm-hmm. to get away with their bullshit for far too long just because mm. no one pays attention to them except for even years. And now that they're, you know, not even close to a good team anymore, you know, time yeah. to pile on. Like, oh. you know, fuck you guys. How dare you be? I, th- good I think for this a is a good years. time for the White Sox minute. It's never oh, a good time for the White Sox minute. Oh, I got caught. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, the White Sox won a series from the Giants, making the Giants the worst team in baseball over the last two games. Ooh. The White Sox outscored the Giants 21 to 2, I think. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. This was a good White Sox minute. I enjoyed this one. That was a good White Sox minute. I have a question for you, Marshman, because uh, everything's completely fucking bonkers in baseball right now because the Cleveland Indians, I believe, have won 19 straight. They're about to tie the A's record for 20 straight. Is that correct? It's tied. They did it. Oh, they did it. They're going to break the record. All right. They've won 20 straight. The Dodgers have gone to a complete nosedive after being historically brilliant. The Nationals, who were way behind the the Dodgers, are now quickly closing in on them and may overtake them for home field advantage. Can you just give me a lay of the land of, like, whether or not this is going to mean anything in October or if somehow the St. Louis Cardinals will sneak into the playoffs and, and win all over again and ruin everything for everyone? So there have been studies done, and there's no correlation between how a team plays down the stretch and in October. The Probably the best example is the, the 2,000 Yankees who are... What did they win? Five pennants in six years, like four World Series in five. Yeah, they finished fourteen wins that year. Yeah, they 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 won like eighty eight games because they went into a total tailspin at the end of the year. They went three and fifteen at the end of the year, and then they just walked through October. I mean, it you know it wasn't even competitive, and they ended up that was the year they beat the Mets in the Subway Series. Yeah. So there have been examples of of really great teams that have just fallen apart in September and shaken it off in October. But the Dodgers, it's, you can know that, but it's been 16 games now since they've won a a game that Clayton Kershaw didn't start. And Kershaw's not even looking like himself. And and he's pretty famously had some problems in October anyway. So I think it's kind of hard to just say they'll snap out of it. But a lot of this has been because some of their best players have been hurt or slumping. It's like any other team, really, the, questions are around are their best players going to be healthy and have their heads screwed on right and if they do then they're the best team in baseball it's i don't even think it's particularly close it's just weird baseball's fucking weird it's a weird sport weird shit is, happens. is there a way barry to skew it so that um you are more rewarded like to sort of get rid of the sort of crapshoot elements of the playoffs like would it be fairer if if the number one seed played all its games at home during the playoffs was allowed to? Like, if you didn't get any, you didn't play any road games or something like that? I mean, ostensibly, that would be fair, but the regular season isn't fair. You've got teams who get to beat up on crappy teams within their division. Should they be punished mm. for having a lower strength of schedule? So yeah, I, is there I, any I, way to solve it so that it it is still exciting but is but has some sort of merit base to it? 
I mean, how is there some merit base to it already? But I mean, the, the the fairest, most efficient thing to do would just at this point just skip the division series and kick the Nationals out because they're just going to be wasting everyone's time in that round anyway. Yeah, I was sort of angling for an answer about the Nationals as a as a very very extremely casual Nationals follower. I wanted to know if they had any chance. Of, of getting to the World Series or if they're going to blow it again. Yeah, they're legitimately good, but I, you know, believe I talked up the Capitals to you last year and look exactly yeah, how that went. Did. It feels like the same thing. You did. You, you what fucked the, that What up, do the Nets really? have? Four of the top six ERA qualifiers? Oh, yeah. They're insane. And those uh, the same. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Teaching staff in the universe. Yeah, this is kind of like, it's kind of like an antimatter postseason in the National League because I, I, I can't really imagine any of these teams winning. Although I've been saying all along the Cubs are just going to repeat. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be Cubs Indians again, and the yes. Indians are going to blow it in Game Seven again. I would watch that. I, I think that would be a fine World Series. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, it sounds really. Great. I, yeah, it sounds entertaining. I I'm looking forward to it, and I think the key for any playoff team will be which team has a Ryan Vogel song. Everyone needs a bogey. St. Vogey. We're going to take a break and come back uh, with a fun bag. Let's take a break. Time to open the fun bag. You know, we should have some sort of zipper sound effect or something like that, Marchman. So we're going to be like, uh, We're going to start down the line. Uh, this is from Robert. Uh, Barry, you get first crack at this. Robert asks, would you rather be attacked by two black bears or one grizzly bear? And if not the grizzly bear in that scenario, what is the number of black bears that require for you to choose the grizzly bear? I mean, I would I would take any number of black bears who are the the cowards of the bear kingdom. I think it's it's super rare that black bears attack humans in the first place. It's even rarer that they die. A grizzly bear oh. will take your head off with a single swipe of its massive bear claw, and it'll take a dump on your corpse, and it'll laugh about it later. I would I would be locked in a room with 100 black bears before I got within wow. spitting distance of a grizzly. Not even close. Well, what if, Marshall, what if in this scenario, the bears, the black bears are they're attacking they're aggressive they want you dead so Mm-mm. it's you know you can't just make yourself big and go and that scares away the bear like they're still gonna come at you hard does that change bear does that change Barry's uh you know sort of logic no no because even if they're even if they're aggressive and pissed off at coming at you you can point in the opposite direction and you can say hey over there or you can toss a stick and hope that scares them. You have you have a chance, whereas you have no chance with the grizzly bear. 
I see. I was when I so when I saw the question, I was like, "Well, I'm fucked either way." It's because it's a bear and they're fast and big and heavy and all that stuff. But now you got me. Now you got me thinking. I could elude to black bears somehow by like throwing a honey pot fifteen yards. A picnic basket. Uh, well, it's like is, it's like. Would you rather? Would you rather uh, fight two angry golden retrievers or one, you know, ill-bred pit bull? No matter. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's like that. No matter, that's true. no matter how many, no matter whether they're attacking you or not, you know you can. You might be able to reason with the golden retrievers to say, "Oh, you're such a good pooch," and and it'll stop being pissed off. Yeah, There's at least that no, possibility. All right. all right, now now you've convinced me. Uh, this is one is for for both of you, Barry. By the way, uh, he and I are. I think we are the longest tenured dense dead spinners. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. If we go by if we go by when you're act when you're actually. Uh, an official full-time employee of Gawker slash Gizmodo Media. You are actually the longest tendered employee. I am not. But uh, Mike writes in with a very old school question. He says, I think the Deadspin Hall of Fame needs to come out of the mothballs. All takes matter, Cardinals nah. numbers. They should be stored in internet amber at the very least. Sure, Kurt Schilling and his memes could be in the Hall of Fame finally, right? What has happened to the Deadspin Hall of Fame, gentlemen? They take a lot of work to do and for basically Deadspin the suck its own dick do you think is that worth it yeah. i mean it, it's yeah. nice to nice to celebrate memes every now and again but i'm i don't know hall of fame doesn't seem like a high priority to me i go what? i go back and forth on it what what happened one year was uh jim cook does the does the actual plaques and they're they take a lot of work yes and so um he, you know he was just swamped and between him being swamped and and us being us we we were a year late with even inducting Hall of Famers who had been voted in. And remember, there was also a voting controversy because I, I stuffed the ballot box for Clark the Cub because the dipshit readers had him at like 74.3% when it took 75% to get him in. So I found a box of ballots in, in Cook County, Illinois, and to make sure that he would be immortalized. So there's that kind of logistical thing of, of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for Cook. Um, and it's, it's kind of questionable reward given that, yeah, you know, we're, we're just, uh, patting ourselves on the back. On the other hand, the, the Deadspin Hall of Fame is a nice kind of gallery of uh, a way to, to remember the classics, you know, ought to be McDowell's water bill and butthole eaten and things like that. So I could see bringing it back. Well, I mean, if, if readers, if readers wanted it to, and I, I definitely think all takes matter. Cardinals, no, cardinal numbers um, would be excellent candidates for Barry. For, what else belongs? What if we were doing it this year? What else would belong in there? I would want the butthole eaten at the Lions tailgate, and I would want Bill's that is in the Hall there. of Fame. Is it in? Oh, do we have a plaque of the butthole? Yes. Oh yeah, it's oh. like three years old at this point. Oh, I thought I thought we had quit even before before then. Well, no, this year, butthole eaten and Clark the Cub are in. All right, can we? Would what would you put in this year, Barry? I would put the Bills fans in. I mean, after Ryan Vogel song, yeah, after Ryan Vogel song, yeah, yeah, yeah Bills, Bills Mafia uh, would definitely be in. By yeah, me, I mean it's up to the readers, unless Cardinals they fuck fans. up like with Clark. No, no, fuck, fuck, fuck the readers for now. Just, 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 just go your own way, Barry. What, what is your? Does anything come top of mind that belong that would put in you would put in this year? Hmm. I'm, I'm having, I'm struggling trying to remember what's happened. A week ago in the world, because Even every yesterday. week feels like 17 years now. 
Um, uh, would you put Sergio Dip in the Hall of Fame? No. Flavor of the Week. Oh, wow. Not, Sorry, not a strong enough meme. What about Kevin Johnson? Yeah, that's, but that's, you know, that's almost not funny, you know? Like, doesn't it have to be kind of funny and absurd? And he's, he's like Monstrous. a really just gross human being. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to be a bad improv partner and bat it away. I was, it, I just had, it was this no, initial. No, you're right. Of, you're right. This is one of the questions about the Deadspin Hall of Fame, right? It was an, it was an initial bout of just revulsion. What about, uh, would, uh, 28 to three be in there? Would three, would the Warriors blowing a three to one lead be in there? No, I mean, the point of the Hall of Fame is, you know, dead spin specific things and those belong to the world. The, the, the Warriors being a shit team who, you know, choked away a three run lead belongs to everyone that belongs in the sports Hall of Fame, wherever that is. Would you belong in the dead spin Hall of Fame? No, that's not our story. I mean, something like Hitchbot is a lot closer. You know, Albert <laughs> Pernico's wonderful dissection of that piece of shit trash can. I, w- I want to hear from readers. I want I want to know what they think yeah. should be in the Hall of Fame and whether they think we should revive it. Because if there is if there is public interest, we can come up with the logistical muscle to make this happen, especially with the Deadspin Awards not that far away. Ooh. Maybe it's maybe it's an element of the Deadspin Awards. Maybe it's uh, like the Thalberg Award of the Deadspin Awards. You know what I mean? Like a lifetime achievement for you know Clark the Cub or uh, or, or Jason you know, Whitlock. Uh, yeah, Vashante Shanko's penis. You know something like that. I'm just tr- I'm just throwing out I'm just throwing out random penises. Ooh, you know you know who would be a sleeper candidate for the past. Deadspin Hall of Fame? I don't think the I don't think the readers would vote this in, but I think the staff would easily vote it in are the email the horny emailers who send us emails asking for the full Lester City <laughs> sex orgy tape. No, <laughs> because we're still getting those. Like 2 years ago, we ran a story on uh Lester City some of their players uh had an orgy with some prostitutes and filmed it and it ended up online and and we covered the story and we have had dozens of emails over the years from people from all over the world who for some reason think we have the full tape and that we're uh, keeping it from them and they want us to, to email it to them. Some people have offered money for it. Wasn't this also a Nazi orgy? Weren't there Nazi elements to this orgy? Hmm. Was that, not, was that it wasn't a Nazi orgy. orgy. There were some racist elements to it. I want to mm. say, I don't, I don't remember exactly where it was. It might have been Thailand and yeah. they, were, they were using racial slurs. It was, uh, there was, Nothing about the footage of it that I saw that would ever make me want to see more of it. I'll say that much. Barry, why are soccer scandals better than other sports scandals? Um, this, I mean, can you imagine a Thai sex orgy scandal happening in American sports? The con- oh. Congress would convene hearings. There would be I laws would passed. You'd have to avoid the internet for weeks. It would just be insufferable. Oh, it'd be fantastic. A no. Tebow Thailand sex orgy with Adam LaRoche. <laughs> but Drake, Adam but LaRoche Drake. might be the Chicago White Sox Ryan Vogel song, huh? Well, Drake LaRoche right. would be Drake, a potential Drake. Hall of Fame candidate. <laughs> there will be a Drake LaRoche night and they'll and they'll they'll put Lucite in front of this fucking locker to preserve it. <laughs> You know, we used to, we did the Hall of Fame and we did the Sports Human of the Year. I think Barbara won it every year. And that was, that was, I think, award overload. So 
Paring down awards, I think, is probably. Yeah. I mean, let's just, for if we're going to do old features, let's just go back to terrible things like waxing off. If you want to go real old school. Yeah. Tell me, though, tell me you don't love uh, those plaques from Cook, though. Like we used to have them. Are they still up in the office anywhere? There are, a few, were... there are a few laying around. Yeah. Framed ones for sure. Jim, Jim Cook is our secret weapon. Always has been. The rest of us what are would, shit. What would you pay for like a bronze bust? of like crags or run you stupid fucking dinosaur run. Yeah, I mean. Like a a sel- literal bronze bust. Selfishly, I would take, you know, one of my own stories. I would want the Oda B. McDowell water bill. And I, Ooh. I would pay $1,500 for a legit bronze bust of Oda B. McDowell's wow. water bill. Wow. Wow. You could probably make them for 1500 bucks. You could probably make that happen. Barry, we have an NFL question. Austin writes in, he says, the best stat coming out of NFL week one was the Big Ben has now won more games in Cleveland than any Browns quarterback since 1999. <laughs> if we make the generous assumption that Deshaun Kaiser will be the future of the Browns for the next decade, will the Browns 20-year QB crisis forever be the worst stretch in NFL history? Hmm. I mean... It's an amazing stat. You gotta you gotta say yes, right? Like um the other good stat is that the Chiefs haven't won a game with a quarterback they drafted in what three decades. Like, three decades. But you know, Alex Smith is a perfectly fine quarterback. Um they had, you know, late career Joe Montana there for a second. Like they've had okay quarterbacks, nowhere near as bad as the Browns. Do you think the Browns will over will find a quarterback who breaks that record? <laughs> Sometime within the next 10 years. Wait, the Browns or the Chiefs? The Browns. Do you think yeah. the Browns will have, well, do you think, we'll, whether it's Kaiser or someone else, do you yeah. think a Browns quarterback will overtake Big Ben sometime within the next decade so that that horribly embarrassing stat is wiped from the books? No. Putting me on the spot? I'm going no. to say no. No. Oh. This is the law of, you know, this is the law of the Browns. Kaiser might be a perfectly excellent quarterback, but the minute you get drafted by the Browns, you're doomed. It's a curse. I don't believe in curses, but I think it's real. I, I don't think it's a curse. I think it's a. I think it's a mechanical thing. There's continuity in teams and systems, and in intensely tactical sports like football and soccer, there's a reason why Barcelona now plays in recognizably something like the same way they did 20 years ago. If if you go, you know, watch old games, and it's because there's there's a continuity of coaching of young players who play with the team for years and grow to be veterans who are training the young players coming up. And you, you see it all the time in the NFL that, you know, there, there are organizations that go on runs like uh, Green Bay or San Francisco where the, you know, in a very real sense, the culture they have, the training that young quarterbacks get allows you to sequentially move along and, you know, be consistently successful. And when you haven't had that for decades, like I, you know, I think you could, you could bring in someone like Andrew Luck and they'd be fucked. And it's not because there's some mystical curse. It's because the support and infrastructure aren't there. They don't know how to bring up a quarterback. Well, Andrew Luck is already fucked. He's already been fucked by one idiot franchise. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. I'm saying that sort of proves your point that you can fuck up even a sure thing like Andrew Luck if you're run by a complete set of boobs. The Browns couldn't even win with Bill Belichick as coach. Like, yeah. their suckiness is more powerful than his ability. 
Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna argue on the Browns' behalf because Kaiser played very well in his debut, and even if Kaiser does a nosedive, it's the deepest quarterback draft class next year in forever. You know, the Browns and are run yes. by a fucking baseball guy. They're a joke franchise. A, a baseball guy who, by the way, didn't even do that great in baseball, Paul DePodesta. So, I think you would. I think you would literally. You would have to have some like what happened with uh, with the Warriors, where you had Jerry West come in and. I mean, it sounds stupid. It sounds like, you know, uh, an announcer cliche, but there, there's a real element of, you know, teaching a team how to win. Like, what do you need behind the scenes? What do the players need in terms of support? Um, how do people treat each other? Yada, yada, yada. You, you would have to have, I think, something like hiring Bill Belichick and just giving him the run of the organization. Really I, still think, I still think they could draft a franchise quarterback next year and he'd be walking down the street and an anvil would land on him. They're doomed. <laughs> Galena writes in, she says, imagine you need a her emergency heart valve transplant. No surgeon is available to perform the procedure. And so the person you choose will have to follow the instructions from a textbook. They'll be assisted by a nurse and a surgical tech. In this scenario, Barry, mm -hmm. would you rather be operated on by a dentist or a veterinarian? A dentist or a veterinarian? That seems like the, the vet to me. I mean, animals have hearts as far as I know. And I would rather have someone with a vague familiarity with internal organs than a human teeth guy this yeah this doesn't seem like a question to me isn't isn't the pig heart the closest thing to a human heart don't they use it for transplants and study uh when we dissected animals in school we dissected fetal pigs and if i recall they did have a heart like a human or close enough to a human except made of delicious delicious bacon is that what hearts are made of uh, Marshall, do you agree? Would you have a veterinarian operate on your heart instead of a dentist? Yeah, I don't. I didn't even see that as a close call. I mean, we're uh, assuming we're talking about a veterinary surgeon and not someone who works in a veterinarian's office. What? Yeah, what if it's the country vet, like Doctor Doolittle? <laughs> I mean, at the very least, they could give like heartworm medication and just hope for the best. No, I think I think it would have to be an experienced vet. If it if it's just you know, sort of the pediatrician vet who's like, well, little Furby has the sniffles, uh, as opposed to a dentist who has actually, you know, done real work inside a human body. I, I think I would. Yeah, but a dentist, dentist also isn't an oral surgeon. I mean, are we talking about somebody who takes out. That's true. Impacted wisdom teeth or could reconstruct a broken jaw? Or are we, you know, are we talking about somebody who, you know, is just going to hand you a flosser? That does seem inefficient to me. I feel like the dentist should be able to yank my teeth out too, you know? How hard can a be? dentist do, do wisdom teeth? Because it's, it's maxillofacial surgery. Mm. Yeah, it's I know, teeth. but teeth learn is that teeth. too. Get, get certified for that so I don't have to go to another fucking doctor. That's a whole other drive, you know? That's just, that's just my opinion. Do you guys want one more question before we wrap up this disaster? Yeah, give yeah, it yeah. give us one more question. All right, one last question is from Dan. What do you think Trump smells like? Like he definitely has some sort of persistent odor from all the orange bronzer, senior citizenship, and eating of KFC. And I bet the Secret Service hates being in small spaces with him. So Marshman and uh, Barry, do you believe Trump has a scent? And what is that scent? Yeah, you know, I'll bet he smells like really gross, um, like body lotion. Because he's a, he's a big germaphobe, and I'll bet he rubs himself with 
hand sanitizer all the time. And I bet he masks that scent with some sort of heavy, musky lotion, like not a cologne, but skin moisturizer or something. You don't think he's a cologne I bet there's like a really sickly sweet smell beneath that of like someone with rotting flesh. Barry, do you think he's a cologne guy? Because he strikes me as a cologne guy. He strikes me as a guy who wears way too much cologne. So you're going to get that lovely bouquet of like old person mothballs and just way too much Dracar Noir. Yeah, I think there would be some cologne in there. I also think there would be like, um, like some sort of like barbershop talcum powder. Like you know, you go to a barbershop and it just smells like, like, like old men who have just powdered their balls with like cornstarch and shit like that. Yeah, it's cornstarch and it's that green shit that they put combs in to sterilize them. Yeah, barbicide. Yeah, I love a barbicide reference. Yeah, I think there's some old barbershop in there, and then also I think. Yeah, like he eats nothing but fast food, so he's that's going to make some farts, yeah. right? Farts, like, uh, sweat. He sweats chicken grease out of his pores. Uh, just general old man rotting smell. This is this is bad. I feel for our, you know, Secret Service people. I really thought uh, the unverified rumor I posted, which I was sworn was true, about him eating KFC in bed and wiping it on the sheets. I really thought that would have a bit more... Uh, bit more life to it. But I guess just like any other Trump story, it's what people assumed anyway. So it didn't really go anywhere. But I was really hoping for some some mega viralness out of that. You know, at least ESPN didn't slap you down for it. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Chicken supremacist. This was a another fabulous dead guest. Barry, did you enjoy your experience in the booth? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, see? See, it's not that it's not that not, bad. Not so bad. I mean I mean if you have to listen to Marshman for too long, it's bad. But then you know, I'll, I'll chime in and rescue them for that. This show was produced by our executive director of audio, Mundin and Mafidi. We featured music by Corbin Hayes, and the episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. If you have a question you want to send us, send a voice note or email to deadcast at deadspin.com or tweet us using the hashtag deadcast. You can also find us at Apple Podcasts, Panoply, NPR One, or wherever else you get your podcast. Do you gentlemen have anything to add before we go? The only thing I would add is that if people are still having issues with... Uh getting the podcast through Apple, what they should do is unsubscribe and then redescribe, resubscribe. That apparently takes care of it. And redescribe. I think everyone should redescribe. And, you know, we, we've stopped hectoring people about this, but you really should give us a review in the Apple store because oh, yeah. that, affects their, yeah. that affects their algorithms and makes it likelier that somebody looking for their hot takes will get us instead of like the the Tommy Laren, Britt McHenry, White Power Hour podcast. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.